San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. Good evening, everybody. That wasn't quite accurate. Here is Richard. We're taping some shows over the holidays, so... People like our great board operator, Justin Hart, don't have to work overtime over the holidays. So actually doing a triple header. We're putting a couple of these in the can and then airing them. So it's Richard by himself, but with a couple of great guests. So we are Joe Vecchio-Less, Richard Musio with It's Your Money and Your Life. This show's actually airing in between Christmas and New Year's, so we hope everybody had a great holiday season so far. Wishing everybody a happy New Year. I can't believe it's about to be your 2018 Seems like Y2K was just here, but that's 18 years ago now. Boy, does time fly. We've got a couple great guests in studio, so there's still going to be three of us, like there normally are, but just one, one host, two great guests. I think this is the first time I've had a father-daughter team in studio. I've had mothers and sons and siblings, but I think this is the first time for father-daughter, but I want to welcome two great guests. Megan Johnson McCullough, who's the daughter of Ray Johnson, who's the all-time winningest boys high school basketball coach in this county, and also now is the assistant coach at a great Division II program in North County of San Diego, San Marcos State, where I, by the way, Coach Johnson, in the first two years of the university, before there were any buildings, and we were in a strip center across the freeway, I taught some accounting as a substitute teacher for a couple of classes. Well, that's, that's, and the uh, that's, that's university was getting off the ground, but boy, what a... What a tremendous um, institution that's become, and what a just great um, resource for North County, San Diego, yeah, San Marcos State. Tremendous campus. If you haven't been up there, oh, I, I, I go up there and run some five Ks. Just gorgeous place now. Yeah, it used to be a chicken ranch there too. Yeah, I know. It used to be a chicken yeah. ranch. Yeah. Occasionally, you find some old eggshells and stuff if you're out running trails. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's introduce ourselves briefly. We'll go with um, age before beauty, right? So, Coach Ray Johnson, tell us briefly, who are you, where were you born, how did you find your way to San Diego, and what do you do, and why are you so passionate about it? Uh, from Riverside, California. I went to Cal Baptist, graduated from there, uh, got married. A month later, I moved to San Diego. Okay. And uh, got a teaching job in Oceanside Unified. Mm-hmm. What school at that time? At that time, it was Clara Bergner. It was a, a school for special needs yeah, kids. Yeah, special needs kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, really didn't know anybody or have any contacts uh, sports-wise, so I just kind of went to the local high schools and watched some games. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw a couple programs I thought I'd like to get involved with, so I went to Oceanside High, talked to Bill Christopher, and said, okay. sure, love to have you on, on my staff, and so I got on with him. What year was that? Oh, my. Uh, I would say that was probably 78. Okay. And uh, did two years at Oceanside, uh, was able to have some success there. Some people saw that I might know a little bit about basketball, so the guy at El Camino High School, the principals, uh, called me up and said, Ray, we'd love to have you be our varsity coach at El Camino, and that was in 80. How new was El Camino at that time? How long had they been around, roughly? It had been there for four years. Yeah, it's fairly new still. Yeah, 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 and it's a great success in football, but their basketball program was terrible. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were one in twenty six. Uh, <laughs> so I got to I got to coach those guys the next year. It was a challenge for sure. <laughs> but I know you are now 
listed at the top of the list, right? All-time winningest um, boys basketball coach in history of San Diego County, correct? Yeah, I think that's because I coached for like 50 years, and I won, <laughs> I won two games each year. So, yeah, it adds up a little bit. But, yeah, I, I'm at the top somewhere, 760-something. I'm not sure what it is. Okay. But, uh, but I know uh, when you were inducted into the San Diego County Basketball Coaches Hall of Fame, my old high school coach went in with you. Remember Ross Furrow? Absolutely. El, El good Capitan man. High School. Yeah, good man. We were, we were not exactly a basketball powerhouse, but he got a lot out of what he had to work with, which wasn't very much. Yeah, I think you guys were no more for your rodeo action than you were basketball. Well, one thing we're very proud of is our baseball history at El Capitan. We've won a number of county championships. That's for sure, yeah. In baseball. Yeah. Uh, that's been our sport is baseball. But uh, I was a baseball player there. But being 6'2", I sort of got drafted for the basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would have been one of the taller players. I was. I was. Uh, check this out. I was point guard on offense and played power forward on defense for some <laughs> rebounding because I was the second tallest guy on the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. He did a great job with his program. He used to run a tournament every year, too. We used to be yeah, involved. Yeah, I remember with him. that. He's just a really good guy. Yeah, really good guy. But I'm pretty sure I'm right about that, that you guys went into the hall the same year. Yeah, we did. Yeah, because I remember yeah. getting an email or something, yeah. I think from Bob Haas or somebody, uh, letting me know what was going on. But you brought your lovely daughter, and that would be Megan Johnson McCullough. Megan, welcome. Thank you for having me. First time on radio? Yes, it is. Good stuff. And I, you're not, I know you're not into basketball per se, but I believe you played in college and high school, but you're doing something different. So a little bit about your history, okay. where you played basketball, how you got into what you're doing now, and why you're passionate about that. Okay, I played at El Camino. Most people think I could my, have guessed that. My, most people think my dad coached me, but he didn't. He was a boys coach. Okay. Um, then I got a scholarship and played at Metro State in Denver. Yep. And came back and got my master's in teaching credential and coached a little myself while I was trying to get a job in physical education mm. and health. But uh, jobs were scarce for that department. Mm -hmm. So I started personal training, did the whole corporate route, felt that I was had a hustle going with no direction. Okay. And uh, I went to get a yoga certification up in Merced, California, which is like the middle of nowhere. Yeah, my dad, my late father was born <laughs> near there. And my husband drove up there, stayed in a Best Western, went to a three-day training. And I met this girl there. I was, was hosted at her studio. And I, I said, geez, how did you do this? This is amazing. And she told me, you know, you should, what are you doing? You uh -huh. should be doing what I'm doing. And on that, like, six- or seven-hour drive home, had the talk with my husband. This, I want to open my own studio. We came up with the name, Everybody's Fit, where I was going to have it, how I was going to afford it, what I was going to do. Monday... I uh, looked up places online, met a guy at the, su at the location in Oceanside with my dad. I had no credit to my name. So, I was, so your dad also known as co-signer? Yeah, okay, I, was, I, I was 26, and I didn't have anything <laughs> yeah. to back me. And we met the guy there, and he said there was something about me. And he didn't need my dad or anything. He was said, cool. give you a year lease, see what happens, and we'll go from there. And I've been there. I'm on my sixth year now. What's the exact address in case any it's, listeners want to check it out? 560 Greenbrier Drive, number 101. Okay, so you're right there in town. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I know right and where you are. I spent a lot of time in Oceanside. Since I'm the founder of the Oceanside Turkey Trot, I know you've been kind enough to come out and run a year or two. Yep. So great. Yeah, great Thanksgiving morning. Now one named by the LA Times, one of the top five turkey trots in the country. So we're very um, proud of what we've accomplished there. So um, so you've been doing that for about six years. Studio's mm -hmm. grown? Yes, it's grown a lot. I mean, from waiting for someone to walk through the door mm -hmm. to now, you know, working 13 hours a day nonstop and 
just doing the best I can to help as many people as I can. And do, do you get anybody you played with or went to school with to come in? I or? do. I have old people that come by, but honestly, I'm like, I have a lot of Oceanside Unified teachers okay. and people who work uh, at the district. Um, it's really neat to help those that help me. Yeah. And I always had great relationships with teachers, and now it's kind of like giving back to them. Yeah, absolutely. I know we've been successful up in Oceanside with um, lap trackers, getting kids to move their feet before you eat, so to speak, move your feet before you start school every morning by counting laps and giving out rewards. Mm -hmm. Because I think kids are just so much more engaged if they get some exercise before the school day starts, also in terms of being sensitive to what they put in their bodies. Yes. Um, Not having sugar highs and lows and (laughs) so on. So it's, I think, really, really important stuff. So you're doing great work. If there's a question... um, your dad, I don't want to say being an old basketball coach, but a long-time basketball coach. I know how some coaches, they tend to have diets that sort of um, evolve out of high-stress situations. Have you helped your dad with fitness at all? Yes, he, he comes. If you can't tell these private stories, just, just wave me no, off. No, he definitely he comes to work out twice a week with me. Okay, good. He's lost almost 20 pounds, lots of inches. Wow. Diet, uh, we got him on some good you know, some protein and he, I have Amazon prime, so I just order it for him okay. and make it real easy. <laughs> and, uh, he's always been very conscious of what he eats. Actually, when we were kids, you know, we didn't have red meat. We mm-hmm. had sugar-free vanilla ice cream in the freezer. Nobody wanted that. And my dad was actually always very health conscious. His beverage choices have never been, but okay. everything else, you know, is really is pretty good, actually. I don't have any idea what you're talking yeah, about. He, <laughs> he denies knowledge of everything. Hey, we got to take a quick break. Richard Musio, get your money in your life. Everybody sit tight. More about high school basketball, more about fitness as we move into the new year. We'll be right back. Hang on. Welcome back. Hey, I like that Hawaii Five-0. You know, I just got back from Hawaii where my wife Mary's women's professional tennis tournament went great. The Hawaii Tennis Open. Check out hawaiitennisopen.com. It's really cool. China's number one player, Wei Shuang, won the championship after losing in the finals last year to CeCe Bellis. Great stuff. But it was seven days on the Tennis Channel. I actually got to make my tennis announcing debut in the semifinals and between the semifinals matches there, and that was a lot of fun. I was actually promoting the... Uh, Battle of the Sexes movie that came out a couple months ago with Emma Stone playing Billie Jean King and Steve Carell starring as Bobby Riggs. So that was a lot of fun, tennis in Hawaii. But back to back to fitness as we hit the new year, back to college basketball. So, Coach Johnson, you're now the assistant coach at San Marcos State University, correct? Right. And I think you guys are, what, in maybe your seventh season of college basketball moving up. Uh, third year is Division Two, right? I think I've got that We're right. We're going in our, yes. Third second, year. Second di- year, second year. Okay, second year of Division Two. Yeah. And uh, can, you, can you tell our listeners briefly, Division Two basketball, how does that compare and contrast like with what most college basketball fans here in San Diego know, D1, you know, San Diego State, University of San Diego? Division Two, what, how is that different? What kind of players, how, how, how is the game played differently or the same? Or, you know, what, what are the major similarities and differences? Well, I think I think the the biggest difference is that the kids at Division Two level are playing for the love of the game, mm-hmm. and they don't have the pressure to to uh, to win. I mean, there's pressure to win, but nothing like the Division One programs sure. have. And uh, you know, we we drive around in vans in the Division One programs or in buses and airplanes. So I mean, there's a big difference there. And our uh, you know we we eat okay on the road, but in Division One you eat pretty good. And so <laughs> there's just those kinds of differences. But but the uh, 
uh, the kids play hard, and they play because they love the game, and, and uh, it's probably all of them have s- certain limitations. That's mm-hmm. why they're Division Two instead of Division One. Yeah. But uh, there's some really good basketball going on there, some really good uh, Division Two teams around, and the two of them are in San Diego. We're pretty good, and, and UC San Diego is Yeah, I know. Good. We have two. You guys are in the same conference here in San Diego, two of the best around. And then I also like to mention my second home in Durango, Colorado. There's a great D2 program, Fort Lewis College. Yeah, Fort Lewis has always been good. Constant or continue yeah. every year, both men and women's side has great D2 programs. Yeah. And they also have the advantage of playing at altitude. But um, now I know in your program, um, got a great team. I love watching you guys play. Um, I'm out of the University of San Diego, so I sort of got um, upset with my alma mater because we got into sort of this shorten the game by slowing the ball down, by having people walk up and down the court kind of style of play. Drives me crazy because when I was playing basketball in high school we were supposed to be running up and down the court and what i love about you guys is you run up and down the court Absolutely. and in most deep two programs fort lewis the same story it's a fast-paced game teams are trying to get to 80 or 90 points not trying to win games in the 50s by taking 30 seconds off the clock every time down i'd love to watch that style yeah we're averaging right now 85 mm-hmm. and last last year we led the country in three three points uh gold percentage we, yeah we shot 44.8 yeah and and and, and the, the arc is just a far just as far away from the rim in d2 as it is in d1 absolutely so so uh uh, and that, that included D1. So we led D2 and mm-hmm. D1. And D1, in I saw that. So, I mean, yeah. it, it, it's, uh, you know, we have guys that have some skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may not be as athletic or tall or quick or whatever. But, but I know a lot of you guys did play D1. I know the great point guard, um, Ethan Albano, right? Yeah, I played at Eastern came, Michigan. He came out of, uh, yeah, and so, and then the the one uh, the big guy, Boyd, I know he played a couple years. Yeah, Cal State uh, Fullerton. Cal State Fullerton up the road, and then. Also up the road, the great three-point shooter, I think, came from Santa Barbara, right? The kid from Australia? Uh, uh, no, he came from LMU where I was at. Oh, that's right, LMU. You're right, that LMU. I was a package, dude. Yeah, I brought right. him with me. You, you brought him with you? Okay. <laughs> well, boy, then he, uh, Spires, he can shoot the lights out. Oh, he's a great shooter. He, he shot 48 from the three last year, and he's yeah. shooting about that this year, too. Yeah, but it's fun to watch when games are in the 80s teams up and down the floor yeah i think and, i think if, if people are especially local I mean, if you want to see some good basketball yeah. come out and see because there are some really good chico state's good mm-hmm. uh cal state la is good yeah I mean, cal state la has a long right. history of having a successful program yeah, and they have cheryl miller's their their mm-hmm. women's coach so exactly. she's got a long history of being being in basketball so there's it, it it's if you haven't been able to come out and see it you, yeah. you should get out it's worth coming out and the atmosphere is great um, you know, the crowd's into it. You can tell the players love what they're doing and uh, fast pace so nobody falls asleep. Um, no, no, you, you're, you're not going to fall asleep at, the, at our place. Yeah, it's really cool to see. Yeah. So is it tough getting kids to play? I mean, I know you typically are very heavily reliant on upperclassmen, seniors and juniors, whereas, you know, a lot of the D1 programs bring in a lot of freshmen. So there's continuity. I noticed, you know, the rosters tend to change over more than, for example, D1 does. Well, the, big, the biggest difference between us is we have a budget. We're budgeted a certain mm-hmm. amount of money, so okay. we may get 110000 We have to make a team out of that. Yeah. So a freshman coming in, right. we'll call it, they have to stay on campus, so it costs more to have a freshman okay, come Okay, gotcha. In. So that's why we go with the older, sure. older guys. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. makes sense because you simply aren't working with the big budgets. Yeah. So, Megan, do you go to the games and watch? Yes, I've seen them. Okay, cool. It's a really great atmosphere. And you, you were quite the successful player, were you not? Yeah, back in the day, glory mm. days. <laughs> yeah, what what position? Point guard. Okay. 
And well, shooting guard. Okay. I, ha- I have most of the records at El Camino still. Nobody's got them yet. Nobody's got them yet? Nope. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Do you still play recreationally or just? No, not. Um, basically, now I've gotten, you know, just into fitness and um, professional natural bodybuilding. So that takes up a lot of my time. Okay. So it's just working out. So do, do you compete as a bodybuilder? Yeah. Okay. I The athletic... Oops, I got my cell phone on. I thought I turned it off. We're supposed to turn phones off, and, I, and your host forgot to turn it off. So. The athlete representative for AAU, Oh, okay. so in their strength sports. Mm-hmm. And well, so. I got to interrupt. She did do a basketball dribbling routine in her last competition. Okay. Yeah, I do, a spo- really? I do a sports model category, and I get up there, and I hadn't po- touched a ball in about 10 years, and I did it, and I'm going to do it again in a couple weeks. Cool. Yeah, Just one good. ball, or are you dribbling two? Come on now. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're a point guard. <laughs> got to start somewhere. Yeah, I know. You got to start somewhere. That's funny. And did you enjoy playing in college? I did. I, I went to Metro. I had, you know, I had looked at some D1 schools, but mm-hmm. I wanted to play. I just, I didn't want to sit. I wanted to play. Yeah. And I felt like that was a good fit for me at the time. It was tough. My freshman year, I tore my ACL meniscus. Ooh. So I put on like that freshman 30 not even 15 just I was depressed I I went from 100 to nothing couldn't even rotate a pedal on a bike you know and then I came back quicker faster stronger um but I uh I graduated early because I had all those AP classes and Mm -hmm. so forth and and came home okay so um do you still go back to Colorado or not do you like skiing or Nope, never liked the snow. I'm freezing all the time. <laughs> Everyone at my studio will tell you I'm, you know, that's ridiculous that I won't turn a fan on. But, really? you know. Well, I don't know. You're supposed to sweat when you work out. Yeah, right? I don't know. I got low body temperature. Well, you, you remember playing up there because, you know, I'm a, I'm a long distance runner, so I go up there for the high altitude training and you don't sweat at high altitude. You don't. I mean, and it's what, what's funny to me, I remember, is that in high school at El Camino, you know, we were. We were good. We we won CIF three times. I was there, and then I got to college, and it's kind of different. Like mm-hmm. you wear makeup at the games, and you wear, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a production. But it's in Colorado, it doesn't sweat off, so <laughs> you could look nice while you're playing. Look nice while you're playing. I know. I, I go run, you know, like half marathons in Colorado, and everybody looks so good at the finish line. Or you know, here everybody's like drenched in sweat. <laughs> like wow, I look so much better when I in the photos than I do here. But, yeah, it's because of the high altitude. But it's funny. So I know we're coming up on the new year. Um, do a lot of folks, like, make New Year's commitments to, shall we say, get in shape but have a challenge with maybe keeping those commitments? Yes. Uh, I think one of the great parts about my studio is that it's every body is fit. So I work mm-hmm. with people of all types and ages. And I really, I really, really incorporate lifestyle change, sustainable changes that will last, not these quick 30-day fixes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that involves setting realistic goals where, you know, you tell yourself, I'm going to get up at four o'clock every day and Mm -hmm. six days a week, this and that. It's not going to last. You know, there's a pendulum. If you go 100, you're going to crash and burn pretty quick. So you have to pace yourself because this isn't a marathon. And it took you a while to get to where you're at, and it's going to take a while to get it back off. But the accountability is a big part of that, too, right? Having somebody that you can work out with, train with. Definitely. And... um, you know, I've created a really community vibe where, you know, if you don't come up to your workout, someone's going to ask, hey, where's so-and-so? Mm-hmm. 
And it just, you know, it's uplifting and encouraging to everyone to know that we're all trying to get fit and we're all in the same boat together. Yeah, but more on that in a little bit because we're at our... 30-minute break. It's your money in your life. We are without Joe Vecchio, but we are with Richard Musio. Happy New Year, everybody. Everybody sit tight. We're going to be right back with the second half of the show. Welcome back. It's your money and your life. And it's also a new year here in a couple of days, which is really cool. Happy New Year. This is the time of the show where we thank our sponsors. We could not do this show without our sponsors. Well, we could, but I'd be writing really large checks, so we probably wouldn't be. So big thank you to our sponsors. At the top of the list, we'll start with the great initials, uh, great initials of UBS. UBS Wealth Management with Michael Coronta. Really appreciate all the support over the years. Also, our favorite CPAs on the planet. We love CPAs so much, we've got two groups of them. Signature Analytics, Jason Kruger's great CFO service firm, and then also more traditional CPAs right across the freeway in San Marcos from San Marcos State over by the Civic Center. That would be Polito Epic CPAs with Don Epic and Paul Polito, a more traditional firm specializing in income tax returns and financial statements. Also our great friend, Joel Gruskin. Joel is a huge college basketball fan. Also heads up cost segregation initiatives. Cost segregation initiatives helps Real estate owners improve their cash flow. Now, all this money our sponsors help you make. Why don't you open a savings account at Mechanics Bank, a great regional bank here in San Diego. The region headed up by Sean Puckett, specializing in working with wealthy families and families in the real estate space. Also, Hub International. I know employee benefits have been in the news a lot because of what's going on with tax reform and whether or not the individual mandate would stay or would it go. And Hub International, great employee benefits firm with Neil Staley. Also, my good friend Tony Lombardi, the LG Experience in the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Speaking of great wealth advisors, how about Paul Hines? Paul, of course, is the CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. He also heads up SeniorSafeAndSound.org here in San Diego, helping to prevent the financial abuse of the elderly. Also, our great friend Brenda Geiger. Brenda Geiger, heads up Geiger Law Office. Her attorneys specialize in estate planning and asset protection. And, of course, Michelle St. Clair with Elite Lifestyle Management. Elite Lifestyle Management is a really unique concierge company helping those of us who have no time get things done from the simple, like doing some travel arrangements, to the more complex. Michelle and, of course, her friend, um, Rab East, helped uh, Joe and I get into a great movie premiere for Battle of the Sexes up in Los Angeles a couple months ago, or without their help, we never could have made it. And that was a lot of fun hanging out with the folks at that movie premiere. So Elite Lifestyle Management. And for those of you who skipped dinner just to listen to the show, we appreciate you doing that. But if you're hungry, how about Michelle Ciccarelli Lirac and the Very Good Food Foundation? We do some shows with her every year about reducing food waste and improving your health based on what you do with food, sustainability. All of those good things that Michelle is interested in brings in some great guests. And is one of the reasons why this show wins awards from the Central Press Club. Very good food foundation. And last but not least, Lestats. Lestats Coffee Houses. Great food, great people watching, great music at the original location. Three locations now at Lestats. Stop on by. Great ambiance, great food, great coffee at Lestats. Also, a big shout-out and thank you to Courtney Holst with Pop X Graphics, who does such a great job on the website where you can 
go, that would be IYMoney.com, to find out more about our great roster of sponsors, many of whom have been working with for almost 30 years. Wow, that sounds like a long time. I guess that's because it is. But more information up there, great media kit. If you're interested in being a sponsor, go to IYMoney.com. And again, a big thank you to all of our sponsors. Again, couldn't do this great work that we do without, a, without all of you. But back to the show. So, Coach Johnson, I know um, El Camino Boys Basketball, you've got, you've got some pretty great players who've come out of that program. One of my all-time favorites at my alma mater, Gino Pomer. Yeah, great kid. He just got done playing in Japan. I think he's still over there, but he's, he's, yeah. been, he's been doing a great job. He's been there. over there for quite a few years. I think he graduated maybe six, uh, I lose track of time, maybe six years ago. Yeah, yeah. But um, had a very successful career. And now I know playing currently, leading, um, leading the team, so to speak, at point guard at San Diego State would be Devin Watson. Yeah, good player. Um, he's something that they badly needed, and he's really making them go now. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I noticed watching the Aztecs the last three or four years, they didn't really have a true point. So they're, you know, I was complaining about my alma mater, USD, playing too slowly. I noticed how over the Steve Fisher's last three or four years, their pace of play started getting slower and slower. And I realized it's, they didn't have a true point on the floor. Exactly right. That's where we're going on. It's not a guy who can push the ball up the floor and mm-hmm. make good decisions. Yeah, and he's, um, I guess, um, Devin originally went to, uh, I think it was University of San Francisco for a couple of years. Yeah, he was in the league when I was coaching at LMU, yeah. Yeah, and then um, I think averaged about 20 points a game as a sophomore and then sat out a year to come down here to be back home. But it's great to see him pushing the pace and um, actually makes it a lot easier on some of the bigs to get open shots. I know when you've got a true point who can not only create for himself but create for others. Absolutely. Cause and I know you guys at um, San Marco State have a, has, I mean, I, I think Ethan Albano might be the best player in your league, just in my humble opinion. Absolutely. Because he does so many, I mean, he even rebounds the ball. Yeah, yeah. He's, he leads the league in scoring and assists. So, yeah, yeah he he's really sees the floor well. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, I think he's somebody who could play professionally over in Europe or something after Oh, I believe so. Maybe the Philippines or something. Maybe the Philippines like that. or yeah. something, yeah. yeah. But it's always fun to watch a team that has a, has a true point because, um, it really opens things up for the rest of the team. And I had, I had never really – I was wondering why a couple of years ago San Diego State was getting slower and slower. And then I realized they were running like J.J. O'Brien or Winston Shepard off of the power forward position as sort of a power point guard, which means you got to walk it up the floor to set that up. Not that I mean, you got to work with your personnel. If you have nobody who can push it, you have nobody who can push it. But I'm glad – and I'm glad to see the Aztecs have picked the pace up this year. Yeah, I think they're, they're a lot more exciting this year, and, and I think they will be. I think Dutch is going to do a great job, and, and yeah. they've got a couple of bigs coming in next year. I think they're just going to get better. Yeah, I saw they got a couple of bigs with the same last name, but they're not related. I thought, that's interesting. <laughs> but, well, um, but, yeah. um, but they're I, good. I've seen both of them play. They're good. They're good. Yeah. You know, the kid I like at San Diego State, he was a late signee, the freshman forward, um, uh, Matt Mitchell. Matt Mitchell was a heck of a player. In fact, I recruited him at LMU, and we had a shot to get him, but then I left, and so okay. that kind of went down the way. But he's a great player. Yeah, he's going to be, I think, in a year or two, he's going to be their leading scorer. I mean, I know you got a couple seniors at State now, Pope and Kel. But when they're gone next year, I think Mitchell is really going to blossom. And he's already in double figures as a freshman. Yeah. He's so be you, you spent a couple years at LMU? Yeah, I was there for two. Who, who was the head coach there again? Mike Dunlap. Mike Dunlap, okay. Yeah. He's still there. Okay. Um, I know it's. Um, I know the West Coast Conference is really interesting in D1 because you tend to have the two powerhouses at the top, Gonzaga, St. Mary's. Some years, I think, BYU, depending on how many guys they come back, you know, have come back from mission, um, could be right at the top of the league. And then you have a bunch of 
seven or eight teams that are all sort of struggling to move up into that top group, right? Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you're playing for fourth place in that league. Yeah, if you're, playing if you're, for fourth. Yeah, it's tough. Hoping, hoping you can sneak in through the tournament if somebody gets upset. Yeah, which usually doesn't happen. <laughs> I know. Usually not, I mean, it's tough to get through all you know those two or three teams at the top. Did you, did you enjoy your time at D1, or do you, do you like D2 better because of the fact that it's maybe um, faster pace, um, not as, I don't want to say competitive, but, I mean, where the kids are maybe – there for all the right reasons instead of being there for the wrong reasons? Right. I, I just, D2 is just, for me, it's a lot better. I, I enjoyed high school too. I missed, mm-hmm. I missed the high school and, and the kids play for, for the school and for each other and that type of thing. Yeah. That, that kind of goes away at D1. They're all looking to play yeah. at the next level, be a pro. You know, they're playing for, for themselves more than anything else. Well, I, I was just appalled reading the news recently. Um, the Ball family, you know, UCLA, you've yeah. got the one son who was the second round. Uh, not second round, the second pick in the draft. You've got this overbearing father. You've got the second son who got busted in China for shoplifting, who now has left UCLA. And the third son, who I think is only a sophomore, had already committed to UCLA, but now they're saying he won't go because the second son wasn't treated right. And he may not even be eligible because he's got a shoe contract already. And you just start shaking your head going, I thought the college experience was supposed to be more meaningful than... I'm not slinging out the Ball family, but you just read these stories and you go, that's not what college athletics was supposed to be all about. No, it's not. And that, that, that's an exception to the rule. I mean, but uh, it's, it does happen. Yeah, it happens. And it's unfortunate. Because, you know, even, even great D1 players, how many even get to the NBA? The answer is almost none. Right. I mean, it's, and now with the foreign, foreign players that are coming into the league, it, mm-hmm. it's even being less and less. So, uh, yeah, and, of course, good college players can still make a great living. I know Gino Pomar's done really well over in um, Japan. And, yeah, he's, and, he yeah. has done well. And he's he's uh, been able to start a family and do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he, but, but even that, I mean, there's tremendous competition for those spots because whether you're playing in Europe, Japan, the Philippines, those teams are limited to how many American players they can have. Exactly. And, and the other thing, you have to be a good human being because they don't mm-hmm. want to bring people in there that are, that are uh, going to cause problems. Yeah. And, and that's why Gino's been successful. Well, I, I know Gino's parents. Yeah. Talk yeah. about somebody who was raised right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just yeah. great, great residents and contributors to the Oceanside community. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's very competitive to go overseas because, again, you, you know, a team in the Philippines, I think, maybe is allowed two American players, and the rest uh, have to be local. So, uh, so, Megan, did you ever ever have any thoughts of trying to make a career out of basketball overseas after you got out of college, or was that your fill, so to speak, of, of basketball? Uh, I enjoyed playing. Uh, my senior, well, my June end of my junior year, we got a different coach, and I, I only had to take one more class to graduate. Mm-hmm. And it was probably the best decision I ever made because I came home and my mother passed away six oh, months okay. later, so I never would have gotten that time with her. Sure. So everything sort of works out for a reason. I, I tried coaching after, and, you know, coaching girls basketball is a different world. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't <laughs> wasn't what I thought it was going to be. But I, I met a lot of really great players that even when I opened my studio came and worked out with me, so mm-hmm. made some good relationships um, and I liked mentoring them. Yeah. So tell me about about your um, your facility. Everybody's fit, everybody's fit. Let, let's assume I'm just an average middle middle aged guy who's 15 or 20 pounds overweight, but not unathletic, and I just maybe have some issues with my diet, and I just sort of want to. And I'm not describing myself, but I'm describing how I used to be. <laughs> um, now you know now I run marathons and half marathons and. My only problem now is I'm Italian, so I can't actually speak unless I'm holding a piece of bread in my left hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not holding a piece of bread here, but if it were a meal, I would be. 
but let's assume, because I know a lot of people, it's, um, they're a little bit afraid of gyms because they're like, well, that's where fit people go to work out. I don't want to go in there and embarrass myself because I'm trying to become fit. I, I think that it, my my gym is definitely celebrates diversity, and I have people of all types and ages there. And you know, I give you the whole the whole deal, and you can take of it what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a master trainer, so, so no, Matt, that's an actual certification you had to achieve. Yeah, correct? I had to go like through the hoops, like Jillian Michaels, and go in front of a whole panel, okay. and uh, it was very difficult. Um, and then I became a fitness nutrition specialist, so I know, you know, what your body needs for your body type. So mm-hmm. I can be the angel and devil on your shoulder and, <laughs> and help you log your food and track your food. But I also have my chef, my husband, and we do meal prep for people, too. Oh, neat. So uh, we I, kind of take out all the excuses for you. That's right. Nothing left. And hey, uh, hold that thought. We'll all be making excuses about why we hit the break late. It's your money and your life. Everybody sit tight. We've got a great family, the Johnsons from North County basketball fitness we're going to be right back it's your money and your life all right we're riding into the home stretch i was going to say the fourth quarter but in college basketball there's only two halves right coach that's right there's no quarters yeah. but megan you were you were talking about diet i know you've also um received some honors recently in in, in terms of um, being recognized can you talk a little bit about that yeah, I was selected to work for Men's Health Magazine and be part of their fitness council, so I do some fitness writing for them, a lot of Q&A, and uh, Women's Health Magazine just selected me as an action hero, so someone who's making a difference in my community. Oh, is that why you're wearing the cape? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, yeah, so... I should also mention my pug at the studio, Steve Nash, that everybody loves. Okay. So he has his own YouTube channel. So you named your pug after the Steve Nash? Oh, yeah. I got another one named Phil Jackson, too. Well, well <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't mention that name in New York City. But, of course, the Knicks are doing better now that, now that Phil has left. But I, I remember watching Steve Nash play point guard at Santa Clara University, and Santa Clara is not exactly mm-hmm. known for sending guys to the NBA, right, Coach Johnson? No. Well, I'm like, that guy's going to play in the NBA, and he's going to make a name. Because you could see that he was playing at a level that was one step above everybody else on the floor. Yeah, he was special there. Yeah, there's no question. So Steve Nash, the putt. Yeah. So he has his own channel, huh? That's he cool. does. He's kind of like the therapy dog at the studio. Everybody <laughs> loves him. And you were mentioning your husband, he, he does meals? or what, what, He what's helps his me with the meal prep. So <laughs> okay. um, we sell fit meals. Um, you can get all my information off of everybodysfitoceanside.com. Everybody'sfitoceanside.com. Okay. And we, um, you know, we, I calculate all of your macronutrients. Mm-hmm. We meal plan it out. You get one, two, three meals a day. So... And, you know, I, I, I give people nutrition and I give people homework because I do have my teaching credential. I've made little videos of myself that you can do in your very own living room. So I try to take out, you know, all the distractions and all the factors that you might use as excuses. So I give it to you all and uh, I try to lead by example. Um, probably one of the hardest workers you ever meet. So. Okay. Yeah, I was a little bit nervous when you sent me 48 pages of notes. I did show. not. I'm, I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing you. But I find the biggest challenge people have with um, fitness is time. Nobody seems to have time anymore. Right. Well, you know, if if one little thing you might try is taking Facebook or Instagram off your cell phone. Mm-hmm. If you take it off your phone, the only time you can scroll and look is when you're at home. Right. 
if you're into Netflix and things like that, you can watch while you work. Um, you know, and one misconception a lot of people have is that you have to give like a 30 minute or one hour or two hour slot of your day. You can do 10 minute increments mm-hmm. and it's just as effective. Um, so taking, you know, time standing up out of your desk and doing that. And well, yeah, I, people sit too much. That's the other thing, especially young people. We do. We they sit too much. Young people sit at school all day and then they come home and sit even more. I mm-hmm. can't imagine, you know, by my studio, I see these kids walk home and it's 2.30 in the afternoon. They're going to go home and sit some more. Mm-hmm. And um, I really feel like, you know, playing basketball, that was, I mean, that kept me active all the time. but. Mm-hmm. You know, I I grew up on fast food because we were always out and about. Right. Um, but I was active, so. Yeah, it makes a difference. I mean, eating is very important, but to the extent that you move more, you can get away with a little bit more on your diet if you're so inclined. Not that I'm suggesting that you should, but <laughs> you can. But uh, you'd be proud of me. At 6.50 this morning, I worked out for 40 minutes. I was doing 270-degree spin jumps. I think I did 72 push-ups. Um, Jumping onto the third step of a ladder from 90 degrees. 72. (laughs) I can do 18 pull-ups, and I'm 59 years old. So I'm not bad. You're good. I'm not bad. If I could just get rid of the pizza and the bread. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, our society, food is very food-centered. Yeah, it's very food-centered. Especially around the holidays. Oh, I know. It's tough. Um, It's tough with all the holiday parties and stuff. But all right, so um, website one more time, then I want to finish up with your dad here. It's everybodiesfitoceanside.com. And um, it's a great place to be, Oceanside. I love running on the beach up there because we don't have any rocks or seaweed, by the way. So anybody who wants to work out, go to Megan's place, then head down to the beach because it's some of the most pristine beaches in San Diego County. Absolutely lovely. So, Coach Johnson, I know um, San Marcos State, now Division Two. I guess originally it was called NAIA was the division. That's right, yeah. Um, what are the plans? To stay D2, or are the plans someday to try to grow into a Division One program, or do, oh, do people know? It all depends on the president. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a, a, a woman that's been there for about 20 years, right. and she's put a building on every year. Exactly. And that's her specialty, so she's not a real sports minded person okay so if they bring in a president that's sports minded that place could mm-hmm. really really blow up because it, it got room to get bigger and and uh, with some with somebody that would support sports i could see them going division one yeah because i know ucsd another again great d2 program they talked about d1 have gotten quite a bit of resistance in part because they're considered to have academic standards that are typically higher than a lot of d1 colleges so i think they're concerned about being able to recruit effectively yeah. Which is understandable. But they don't really have room to grow the way San Marcos State does. No, so. no. And, and in fact, uh, San Diego just got accepted into Division One. Yeah, I heard uh, that. Into the Big West. So. To the Big but West. That's a four, that'll be four years down the road. Yeah, it's four years down the road. Then I, yeah. I don't think you're even eligible for postseason for the first couple of years. You have yeah, your first five. Years. Oh, five years? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's a big commitment. But I know at San Marcos State, you could put in a really, really nice gym that seats five or 6,000 people and become like the hotbed of North County College basketball. Absolutely. And, yeah, and, uh, and, I'm hoping yeah. someday maybe that happens. Because uh-huh. I, I think the, um, I think the uh, residents of North County and the business owners would just absolutely gravitate to something like that. I think they would, too. I think it's something that's needed, and hopefully it'll yeah. happen. Hopefully it'll happen, yeah. yeah. So uh, the players on your team, what, what do they go on to do after college? I mean, most of them can't play. Again, I think your point guard might have a career overseas available, but most um, have to go on to sort of normal lives, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the reality of, of, of our 
our our level of play is mm-hmm. that these guys are that they they notice it's probably going to be it for them. Mm-hmm. So they. They, they seem to be more invested in what they're doing. I think that's why they seem to have so much fun playing. Right, absolutely. It, and it makes more uh, of a team thing that, that yeah. they're playing for each other instead of, you know. Yeah, plus they're at an amazingly great university to be getting an education. Absolutely. And, uh, they, and, and uh, we, do, we do a good job of getting those guys. Oh, there's uh, no question. Yeah, I know the relationships that you help the guys build and, and um, just it becomes critical for what they then go on to do with their lives. Right. And I yeah. assume some probably go into coaching, too. Yeah, well, you know, that's the biggest reason why I coach is try to help these guys on their life journey and, mm-hmm. and just be part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I know. it's, um, But, yeah, it's fun to watch them play fast-paced, and everybody really seems to be into what they're doing. So, Megan, it's almost the new year. What's the best piece of advice you can give somebody who says, I'm going to get fit this year, but, but might be, you know, a little bit daunted by the task and by February or March just having second thoughts? put you on the spot all right I think that you have to really believe that you deserve to change and that you're worth the energy time and effort Mm -hmm. to put into this and that you small progress is better than no progress Mm -hmm. and it's one step at a time one day at a time one choice at a time and you have to realize that it's not an overnight process and that you need to be be a role model for your children and for the people around you. And once you make that commitment, make the decision and stick with it. And your workouts and your choices are meetings that you set with yourself. And mm-hmm. bosses don't miss meetings. Well, I write mine down in ink on my backup calendar that I'm carrying around with me. So, like, I wrote down 650 workout. That way it's just like, um, you know, something I go do. Justin, was that music? It is music. Hey, Coach Johnson, daughter of Coach Johnson, Megan Johnson McCullough, really appreciate everybody coming in. Everybody go out and watch San Marcos State play basketball. It's the way basketball was meant to be played. Really exciting, fun stuff, and it's a darn good team. They win about 80% of the time. Everybody check out Megan's gym. Everybody's fit up in Oceanside. Happy New Year. Thank you to everybody. Justin Hart for doing a triple header here. Joe, who's not here. Craig Blanky, Dave Sniff, everybody at KFMB. Wishing everybody a happy New Year, because next time you hear me, it's going to be 2018. It's your money and your life. Thanks for coming in, you guys. Take care. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank you.